God bless you. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 19. 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse number 19. 1 Samuel 4 and 19. We'll read verses 19 through 22. I am reading from the traditional King James Version of the Bible. Verse 19 says, And his daughter-in-law Phineas's wife was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings of the ark, that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself in travail, for her pains came upon her. About the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. She named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. Verse 21 and 22 again, And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, the glorious departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I want to talk to you today, Solid Rock Church, from the subject, bringing back the glory. Bringing back the glory. Now, in our text here, I want to take you back to one of the darkest days in Israel's history. It's a very, very dark day. One of the most incredible funerals in the Bible. Israel had just been defeated in the battle of the Philistines. 30,000 men were slain. In the middle of all of this death and sorrow, there is an unnamed widow. The Bible does not give her name. But she is standing in front of three caskets. And she is pregnant about the time near to give birth. She is in so much pain because of what has happened in this battle. She is mentally drained. She's emotionally drained. She is mentally dead and emotionally dead because of the tragedy that she's faced. She's looking at three caskets. In one casket is her father-in-law, 98-year-old Eli, the priest, who allowed his sons to desecrate the temple. And Eli was sitting on a stool, as it were. And the scripture says, if you read up in, the, up in, up in the chapter 4, the scripture says that as he was sitting on the stool, they came and told him, Eli, we got bad news for you. The Philistines have won the battle. Your sons, Phineas and Hophner, were both killed in battle. But Eli, that's not the worst of the bad news. The Philistines took the ark. The Bible says that when, when he heard that the ark was taken, he fell off of the stool and broke his neck. He is in one casket. In another casket lies this widow's brother-in-law, Hophner. Hophner was the son of Eli. He was a priest. The Bible says he was an immoral priest. He was a corrupt priest. 
Scripture declares that he, he, would, he, would, he would sleep with the women in the temple. He was a moral man. He even had immoral acts right on the altars of the temple. Eli, recognizing this, did not do anything about it. Hophna brought much shame upon Shiloh. He brought shame to the, what we would call the church of that particular time. And in the other casket was a husband, Phineas. He was also an adulterous priest. He, along with his brother, slept with women on the altar in the temple. And so here we have these three caskets, Eli, Hophna, and Phineas. And she is in front of these caskets. She is totally, totally in, 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 in an emotional state. She is inconsolable. Nothing they can do can console her. Nothing they can do can ease her pain. Nothing they can do can make things better that day. She is totally convinced, Solid Rock, looking at her father-in-law, looking at her husband, and looking at her brother-in-law, she is totally convinced that there is no hope. It's a dark day in Israel's history. She has seen the downfall of the church. She has seen Shiloh that was once a, a blazing glory, a blazing hope of the glory of God. But now she's seen the corruption. She's seen the apostasy. She's seen the apathy of the people of God about coming to the church. And she recognizes there is no hope. And this is a, a sign of God's judgment. She saw the corrupt leadership under her husband, his brother, and her father-in-law. Can you imagine her? Imagine she's, she's pregnant. Can you imagine her pain being intensified? Uh, Pastor Sandy, as she hears the reports of her husband and his adulterous acts right there in the temple, can you imagine what, what, what was happening to her? She has become totally disillusioned. And not only that, but not only that, she's living with a prophet's warning. Because earlier, a prophet, an unnamed prophet, the Bible said, had came to Eli's house and told them that, that, that judgment would come upon his offspring and told Eli that both of his sons would die on a, in a day's time on the same day. They also told them that your offspring will, bear, will not live out their days. All of your offspring will die young. And all of your offspring will beg for bread. Though prosperity will come to the nation, it will not come to your house and your offspring. So she's living under this prophet's warning. And when she heard that the ark was taken, it's bad enough, it's bad enough that a father-in-law's dead. It's bad enough that a husband's dead. It's bad enough that a brother-in-law's dead. But then they told her the ark has been taken. It's one thing to lose your family. It's another thing to lose your God. Huh? Somebody talk to me in here, huh? She could deal and, and get over losing her relatives, but when they told her that God was gone, the Bible says she began to travail in birth and pain, and she gave birth. Knowing that the ark was taken, sent her into labor, and she travailed. And she was so messed up. She was so distraught. She was so drained. She was of so discouraged. Hope ripped out of her that when they told her that she had given birth, the women around her 
So I have to tell her it's going to be all right. I know it's a sad day for you. I know you're, I know you're hurting because of your, your relatives are here, your husband, your brother-in-law, your father. I know that. But it's not all lost. Look, you just, you just gave birth to a son. Maybe something new is happening. But she could not be consoled. The fact that she gave birth did not move her one bit. As a matter of fact, the text says that she wouldn't even look at the child. Imagine a woman giving birth. Women, talk to me in here. You've gone through the nine months of pregnancy. You anticipated a child being born, and you are so broken, you are so hurt, you are so disturbed that when it's born, you don't even look at it. Tells you the condition of what was going on at that time. And the Bible says she didn't look at it. And they said, well, at least give the child a name. And she said, we're going to name this child Ichabod, for the glory has departed. She said, I'm not going to name this child after his father, granddaddy, Eli. I'm not going to name him after his uncle, Hophna. I'm not going to name him after his daddy, Phineas. But I'm going to name this child as a reminder of what happened here today. That every time his name is called, people remember what happened here today. We gonna call him Ichabod. So you won't remember the day Eli died of Hophnephenus, but you'll remember the day that the glory was taken, and she named the child Ichabod. It's sad to say we've come to a place in the early part of the 21st century that much of what we see going on in the church world, I'm not talking about solid rock church, you're a good church, but in the church world, much of what we see happening in the church world got Ichabod written all over it. Hmm. Uh, the glory has departed over a lot of things we're doing in the name of church today. And I come today to speak to the body of Christ to tell them we need to bring the glory back into the house. Listen, I'm all for newness. I'm all for creativity. I'm all for innovation. I'm all for that. But in some cases, we've gone so far across the line, we've left Scripture. And we walked into the place that Paul talked about when he said, we departed from the faith and gave heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Are y'all listening to me here today? What do we need? We need the glory. We need the glory of God. One more time. Haggai, in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 3, Haggai asked the question. He said, who has seen this house in its former glory? Who has seen this house in its first glory? When I look at the church today, it looks so much different than the church in its first glory. Let me give you a glimpse of the church in its first glory. The first case we see of the church in its first glory is on the day of Pentecost when they had went in the upper room, 120 of them, and they stayed up there for 10 long days. They stayed up there, and the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven, the voice, hallelujah, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, hallelujah, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Shabandaya, 
Shakata, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. You know what we need today? We don't need more programs. We don't need, they, they good, but what we need is the Holy Ghost. What we need is the power of God. Come on and talk to me, somebody. We got all these things when folk have problems. You got to go get therapy for this and, and counsel for that. And I'm not against none of that. But I know back in the old days, somebody got themselves down on the altar. Hallelujah. And the power of God came and yokes were broken and habits were destroyed. Who has seen this house in a fresh glory? We need the Holy Ghost. Uh, what we have done is we have programmed the Holy Ghost right out of our stuff. Are you listening to me? Let me tell you the church in its first glory one more time. On that same day of Pentecost, when Peter, the one that you knew who denied the Lord about 40 days earlier, 50 days earlier, but on the day of Pentecost, he steps out in front of them same people he denied Christ to and say, y'all killed him. Y'all hung him up there. Y'all crucified the Lord of glory. How could Peter be afraid one day and got so much boldness the next day? He had been infused and baptized with the Holy Ghost. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Huh? And the Bible says that 3,000 were added to the church that day. 3,000 that day, huh? You know what? Why did they get added? Because conviction came from the word of God. Say amen. See, we done came to a place nowadays, we got to try every kind of gimmick to get folks to come to church. Say amen, huh? We got to promise you this and promise you that and promise you that. Back in the old days, the Bible say, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men under me. What about lifting up Jesus? What about glorifying Jesus? What about magnifying Jesus? Shout yeah! Woo. Say yeah, yeah. Say yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. We got to lift him up. You look at every revival. Go do a study of the revivals of church history. You'll find that every great revival, people came because they were drawn by the Holy Ghost. Now we got every gimmick in the book to get folk to come to church. Bring back the glory. They had a way of life. I'm talking about the church in its first glory. They had a, a way of life that was so radical. They weren't called Christians. The Bible said they were called of the way. Uh, of the way. Why? Because the way was so diametrically opposed to the world's culture. Say amen, huh? The world was going downstream. They were going the other way. And they wouldn't move. They didn't care if they were persecuted for righteousness. Sake. They didn't care if they were talked about. We in such a political correctness age, we can't even call wrong wrong and right right no more. Can you say amen? Because, amen, and, and nowadays you can be a Christian and still be a drunk. You can be a Christian and be a pedophile. You can be a Christian and be a fornicator. You can be a Christian and have altered lifestyle. That's what we come to. But the old church had a way. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. I'm going to be out y'all way in just a moment. Can you say amen? The church in its first glory. Ananias and Sapphire walked in the church and lied to the apostles. 
the glory was so great they lied, they fell dead right in the church because the fear of God was on people. People come to the church of God today, they have no fear, they have no compassion, they have no conviction because we lost the glory as it is was. When it came time for Peter got put in jail, remember? He, he got put in jail for preaching the gospel. What did the church do? They didn't go on social media and begin to post pictures of Peter behind bars. The Bible says the church came together and prayed without ceasing. Oh, y'all, hallelujah, huh? They got together and they said, we going down to the church, good God Almighty. And the Bible says they prayed without ceasing for the pastor. And while Peter was sitting in jail, the church was still praying. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God came in the cell, good God Almighty. Iron gate opened up his own accord and set Peter free because the church prayed. We call a prayer meeting nowadays, we just call a prayer meeting. You with me? Because people won't come to the prayer meeting. Something should happen to church praise. Paul and Barnabas were being sent out to do work. I'm trying to church in his first glory. The Bible said the Holy Ghost came and said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, to the work that I called them. That's how you get sent. The Holy Ghost comes. Speaks to somebody prophetically, like Pastor Sandy was doing this morning. The Holy Ghost speaks and tells instructions. That's how Paul and Silas, they were praying, and somebody, and the Spirit of God came on somebody and said, hey, separate me, Paul and Bombers. The Lord is separating y'all to an apostolic work, and they went. They were sent. But nowadays, people get mad, and they go. And that's how many churches get birthed nowadays. Say amen, huh? Somebody got mad at the pastor. Amen. So he, he leave and take a few folks. That's not the way of God. It's not the glory of God. God is never in a rebellion like that. But he sends you. Well, what if my leader ain't recognized me yet? Well, you stay there till he do. He will after a while. Huh? Huh? David was sitting in the field, minding sheep, doing what he's supposed to do. Say amen, huh? He's about 16 years old, minding sheep, paying no attention. When God told Samuel, go to David's, Jesse's house. I got a king in that house. He goes to Jesse's house, and Samuel looks at all the brothers lined up. They didn't have David there. Can you say amen, huh? Had all the other brothers, because David was mending sheep. Good God from New Jerusalem. And you know what? David stayed in the field. He didn't go running. Hey, here I is, here I is. No, he kept doing what he was doing. Can you say amen? And when Samuel walked through the line and God said, it ain't none of them. Hallelujah. I know he looked like a king because he's big, he's built, he's good looking, but he's not the one. He got the outward stuff, but he ain't got the inward stuff. I look at the heart. Woo! Huh? And after, 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 after he went through all the sons, Samuel said, Jesse, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on blast or nothing, but is these all your sons? I mean, I, I, you must got an illegitimate child somewhere because God saying none of these it. You got to have one somewhere else. Hallelujah. And they went and got David out the field and God said, that's him. What's the revelation there? You do what you do. You serve what you serve. And when your time come, God knows where to find you at. God knows how to find you. Shout yeah! Too many times you can't get found because you ain't in the right place. Because God go come look for you where you're supposed to be and not where you at. 
So if God gonna come to Solid Rock to find you, you ain't got no business at Covenant Church International. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm talking about the church in his first glory. And I'll be out of the way in a few moments. Remember when a doctrinal error came up, the, the apostles in Acts 15 came together to, de, to, to deal with that doctrinal issue and come up with a, a, a definitive answer to correct this teaching that was going forth. We don't have that today. Folk can get on TV and say anything. And there is no, there is no mechanism for correction. Can you say amen? You can have any kind of revelation you got that you dream from a pork chop sandwich and claim it's God. Huh? We need the apostles. We need men like, like, like Bishop Ragland. We need men, hallelujah, that will come together and sit down and say, let's investigate the matter. Let's deal with the matter. Let's compare this matter to the scriptures. Hallelujah. That's the church in its first glory. But we lowered the standards so. We don't have no voices crying aloud and sparing not. Our message is so watered down that it has no transforming power. People get excited going to hear these spiritual motivational messages, but they're not transformed. The purpose of the word is to transform, to change you. Can you say amen, huh? Good God Almighty, the word comes in and takes root. And when the word takes root, something happens. You begin to look different. You act different. You walk different. You talk different. You live different. Say amen. We're more concerned about numbers and appearances than we are the power of God coming in our service. What's the purpose of a meeting like this? And it happened from the worship, the glory of God come. We are no different than the folk that gather at Brian, Denny, or Jordan Hale on a Saturday. If we don't just come here just to come here and ain't no glory here, can you say amen, huh? This ain't religious business. This is a spiritual experience. Can you say amen? So the whole purpose of us coming is that the glory comes. That God comes in the place. God shows himself strong and mighty. And so Haggai says, who has seen this house in its former glory? But Haggai also tells in chapter 2 how we get the glory back. Look what he says. He says, for thus saith the Lord, Haggai 2, 6 through 9, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while. I will shake the heavens, and I'll shake the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord. Then Paul picked it up in Hebrews and said in Hebrews 12, 26 through 29, Hebrews 12, 26 through 29, he says in Hebrews 12, 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he had promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, 
but also the heavens. Can you say amen? Whose voice shook the earth. Hallelujah. Whose voice? That's God's voice. How is God going to shake the earth with his voice? By using men as myself. Men like Pastor Larry. Hallelujah. Men who, who have been in the chamber, been in the secret place, and they come out of the secret place with glory and anointing dripping off of them. They come with the preceding word, a right now word, and they speak to the culture. They speak to the situation. They shake up the congregation. They shake up the uh, corrupt governments. They shake up things around. God is speaking to shake things up just a little bit. That's how the glory comes. God will shake things up. And the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But good God Almighty, we thank God that we have a, the Bible says we have a thing that cannot be shaken. Now, I got to get out of here because time done gone. And I feel like preaching here. <laughs> now, that's a bad thing to tell a black man. I promise you, say amen. <laughs> With a microphone. Listen to me. And so God's going to shake. That's how we get the glory. He got to shake things up. So sometime when, when Bishop Larry comes and God gives him a word, hallelujah, and you say, man, it's strong. It's, it's just God shaking things up. Can you say amen? Huh? Because there's somewhere God wants to take Solid Rock Church, and he can't take you there until he first prepare you, hallelujah, until he shake everything out the way that can be shaken. Because where God's taking you, you can't have no flimsy part. Everything got to be locked in, solid, tight. Huh? Whatever can be shaken will be shaken. Now let's go back to 1 Samuel. Let me take you back to the widow woman in 1 Samuel. She is so messed up. She's at this funeral. She's travailed in pain. She has given birth and she has refused to look at the child. And she has died, never looking at the face of her son. All she did was gave him a name, Ichabod. The glory is departed. And she did this out of a hurt. She did this out of a pain. But what she missed, here's the thing she missed. And this is what I need you to get today. If you don't get nothing else, you got to get this. Here's the thing she missed. In all of us, because sometimes your pain don't allow you to see what God is doing. Sometimes you have to get beyond your hurt because your hurt will blind you. Come on here, say amen, huh? God can be working right in the midst of it, but your hurt don't allow you to see. Your offense don't allow you to see. And she couldn't see. She couldn't see that God was doing a new thing. I'm here to tell you that even in the midst of all of the apostasy we see in the church today, all of the craziness we see, you know, they got, they got, they got, they got beer hub churches now where the folk come together to pub and drink beer and call it a church, you know, do all kind of stuff. In the midst of all of this here, all kinds of stupidity, God is still doing something. The widow missed this. The widow missed it, but we're not going to miss it because I'm going to show you what God is doing. The widow missing in the midst of all of the apostasy, her, her corrupt husbands, her, her weak father-in-law. God was doing a new thing. The glory was actually coming back. She didn't have to name the child Ichabod. 
I know the Philistines took the ark, but God had already provided for the ark to come back. The new thing was right in her midst, and she didn't even know it. The new thing was right in front of her, praise leader, and she didn't know it, Pastor Sandy. It was right there. It was in her house. She saw it every day. It lived in Eli's house. The new thing that God was doing is there was Samuel. Hallelujah. Samuel was in the house. He was the new thing that God was raising up. He was going to offset Eli, Hoffner, and Phineas. Samuel was, but she didn't see it. She was so messed up. Samuel was the new thing that God was raising up in the rubble of a corrupt church. She totally missed it. And in the midst of all this stuff, I'm here to tell you that God is raising up a Samuel company. And in the midst of a corrupt church, in the midst of Bill Hub churches, in the midst of homosexual churches, in the midst of all of this stuff, there is a Samuel company. Solid Rock Church, you are a Samuel church. Solid Rock Church, you are a Samuel people. We are the new thing that God is raising up. Hallelujah. What do you mean, Dr. Wild? The clock ain't my friend right now. What do you mean? What's the characteristic of a Samuel company? What's the key thing about Samuel? First Samuel 3. First Samuel 1. I'm sorry. First Samuel chapter 3. Verse 3. Put it on the screen for me. You'll know Samuel's ways because, I'm going to show it to you. The scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 3. King James says, an heir, the lamp of God. Heir, the lamp of God. Now, if you got another translation, New American baby, NIV, New Living, it'll say before. And before, the word heir means before. So what would happen is, right before daybreak, because they would burn these candles all night, they call them lamp, this candle. And right before daybreak, or as day broke, they would blow the candle out because day was breaking, they didn't need it anymore. And so the scripture says, and ere the lamp of God went out, right before daybreak. The scripture says, where the ark of God was, Samuel was laid down to sleep. So Samuel's laying by the ark. It's right before daybreak. And God comes on the scene. Hallelujah. And look what it says. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. Now let me give you a character of the Samuel company. Number one. They're in the presence of God. So they're always around where God can speak to them. Number two, the Samuel company hear the voice of God. Huh? So Samuel heard God and said, what he said, here am I. Huh? And, and, and I'm here to tell you, Solid Rock, there's been a call going out to you. And I'm telling you, your pastor, your leader, your bishop has said, here are we. <laughs> he didn't answer for y'all, can you say amen, huh? 
Eden already said, here are we. The Samuel company hears God. Samuel people hear God. Samuel people in the presence of God. Huh? Are you with me? And so Samuel went, he heard, here am I. So Samuel goes and taps Eli. This happened three times. Eli said, I ain't call you, go back and lay down. Eli is so messed up and so backslidden and so out of touch, no discernment as a leader, he didn't even know God was talking to the young boy. Are you with me? So he goes back. A third time, he said, hey, you call me Eli? He said, no. Then Eli probably figured out, okay, the next time this voice speak to you, say, Lord, here am I. So Samuel goes back, and God speaks again. Samuel, Samuel. He says, yes, Lord. Now let me give you the revelation, Solid Rock, so you don't miss this one. Because too many folk have missed it and got their life messed up and missed the will of God, missed the purpose of God. So listen to me, Samuel company out there. Notice that when God called Eli, now Eli was messed up. He was, he was, he was, he was a weak leader, let his sons corrupt the temple, but yet he was still the leader. And God recognizes spiritual authority and protocol. It's very rare God going to tell you something he ain't told your leader yet first. I, I know I'm meddling now. Say amen. Huh? So y'all probably gone back over the covenant now. Huh? No, he, he don't do that. Do you think our president, President Trump, going to call over to Iran, Iraq, where our troops are, and talk to a private on the ground and ain't said nothing to a general? See how stupid that sounds? You thought that's, you know, well, that's the same way folk in the church do. God speak to them, but ain't said nothing to the man in authority yet. That'll be like me walking up to my brother right here. Let me give you a demonstration. Stand up, brother. So I come to him. And so and this is the Revelation prophecy, man. So I come to him. Rather than talk to him face to face, I start talking to his feet. <laughs> so you see, y'all think I'm crazy. This looks stupid. Say amen, huh? Bless you, my brother. But that's what y'all say. When you say God came and talked to you and hadn't talked to the leader yet. So here's the point. Although Eli was corrupted, God still didn't totally disrespect him. The revelation here is that in Samuel's life, because every time God called him, he went to Eli. Why did he go to Eli? Because when God spoke to Samuel, his voice sounded like Eli's. So when God starts talking to you, his voice is going to sound like Pastor Larry. If the voice you hearing don't sound like him, it ain't come from heaven. Y'all ain't got to talk to me. Oh, y'all ain't got to talk to me, huh? The Samuel company hears God. We are hearing the voice of God. The Samuel company, we're hearing the voice. We're getting a fresh rhema from God. In other words, when, when, when Pastor Larry and the, the leaders of this house, Pastor Sam, they come and speak to y'all because we're part of the Samuel company. We got a fresh word. We are saying to you what God is saying, not what God has said. Now, what God has said is good. It'll bless you. But what God is saying will deliver you and push you to destiny. Can you say amen? Huh? I thank God for what he said, but I want to know what is he saying. We are the Samuel company. She missed this. She missed that the new thing, the thing that was going to turn it all around was right in her midst. 
and she couldn't even see it. The Samuel company, God is raising up out of the ruins of an apostate church. So don't get disturbed about the bad news around because there's a Samuel company God is resting on. Covenant Church is one. Solid Rock is one. New Birth Family Church is one. Come on here, say amen, huh? They are, they, they are busting up all across the land. Can you say amen? These Samuel churches that's going to bring the glory back. Now I'm closing. I traced the ark. As I close, I traced the ark all the way to David's day. David heard what the ark was and David decided I got to have the glory I can't live without the glory so David goes to get the ark but David didn't make one mistake they go get the ark my brother but they didn't read the instructions because there's a certain way you got to carry the ark so they just went and got the ark and they got a new, they got a new ca uh, carriage and put the ark on it. And they were carrying on this carriage. And while they were taking the ark back where they were going, it hit a bump in the road. And the ark started to fall. And there was a man walking with them named Uzzah who meant well. He was trying to do a good thing. But you can do a good thing and be out of God's order. Woohoo! And the same anointing that came to bless you will kill you if you mess up with it. It's like electricity. We got these electricity. It gives us this light we got. It, it powers my microphone. It gives us the air we got. But the same electricity, if you violate it, will take you out of here. And the same anointing, the same glory that came to bless you will injure you if you handle it wrong. And Uzzah was not a consecrated priest. And he reached to grab the ark to stop it. And the Bible says he died. And David said, wait a minute. This mission ain't blessed. We can't roll like this. Let's leave the ark. And the Bible said there was a house, a man lived nearby named Obed-Edom. So they took the ark over to Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible said the ark stayed at Obed-Edom's house for three months. And long as the ark, which represents the glory, was in Obed-Edom's house, he was blessed. Miss Obed-Edom was blessed. His children was blessed. When visitors came by, they were blessed. When the mailman stopped by, he got blessed. When the meter reader came by, he got blessed. What are you saying, Dr. Wilder? When the glory comes, everybody that walks in gets blessed. Folk come in to gossip, they get blessed. Folk come in to backbite, they get blessed. Folk come in to curse, they get blessed. Lives get changed, cause the glory is here. You want your house blessed? Get the glory in it. You want your marriage blessed? Get the glory in it. You want your children blessed? Get the glory flowing. So everything was blessed over in his house. I'm closing here. So Davis, let's go back and get it. But this time, they did it right. See, God told him, okay, on the ark, I need you to put four gold rings on each corner. And on each corner, put a gold ring. 
And then you take these poles and put a pole between two rings on this side and the two rings on that side. And you get four consecrated priests and let them stand on each corner and pick up the pole on their shoulder. And you let the ark swing in between them. And then David got the consecrated priest, and then he got the praisers and the dancers. Can you say amen? He had the band, and they got the thing, and they brought the glory back. And the Bible says that when he came into the city, David danced his clothes off. David said, I got to have the glory. I can't live without the glory. I can't lead without the glory. I can't rule without the glory. And the Bible said David danced his, he danced his clothes off. And his wife, his wife Michael looked at him, the Bible says, and she despised him. And David said, Michael, listen, she said, you're the king. You embarrassing yourself. You disgracing yourself. And she said, honey, you don't understand. This ain't about my kingship now. This ain't about you. This between me and him. I got the glory back. Can you say amen, huh? Sometimes you got to forget all about who around you. You got to forget all about your surroundings. You got to forget all about everything else. This about me and God. I got the glory back. I got the glory back. My marriage was jacked up. My children were jacked up. My job was jacked up. But the glory came. My house been restored. My marriage restored. My children in the kingdom. Come on, give God praise for the glory. Hallelujah. 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 The glory. The glory. The glory. The glory. That's what we need, the glory. Now, the last thing I'll tell you. Don't despise the glory. David's wife thinks she's called Michael. She was the daughter of Saul. The Bible says she despised David when she saw him dancing because the glory came back. Then the scripture says something, and preachers and scholars, y'all can help me because I'm still struggling right here. The scripture says that she despised David in her heart, and the Bible says she had no child. And I wondered, I wondered, I've asked men who were greater than me and know more than me, what happened here? I've concluded one of two things happened. Either her despising David because he danced himself into what she thought was shame. And let me tell you some praise ain't never shame. Can you say amen? Huh? Are you listening to me? And here's why the devil don't want you to praise him no way, worship him no way. Because he used to be the worship leader in heaven. He was the praise leader. But he got kicked out. So every time he see you worship God, it reminds him of a job he once had. Can you say amen, huh? She despised him. Either one or two things happened. Either because she despised him, God shut her womb and made her barren. Or either David was so turned off from her, he never touched her again. One of those two things. My personal opinion, I believe the second. I think David got turned off and never touched her again. Can't prove that. That's just my opinion. Since I got the microphone, that's what matters right now. 
Huh? But the glory. Solid Rock, you have a great leader. One that I respect very highly. Love him as a brother. Who is leading you into a greater glory. There's much bigger and much better that God has for you. He is away getting the impartation for the journey that's ahead. And the goal where he's want to take you, you got to take everything to a higher level. Take your commitment to a higher level. Take your energy and passion for the vision to a higher level. Take your giving to a higher level. Because the glory that's coming is at a higher level. Because you're going to need the glory to go. Huh? Hallelujah. You are Samuel company. And he done told y'all, Lord, here am I. So you got to go and face a corrupt, a backslidden, and apostate culture. But you got to stand as a kingdom representative and say, I stand in the power of the glory of God. And I promise you, God will do it. And God will stand behind you. And God will bring every aspect of the vision of path, not only corporately, but for you personally. Rise up, Samuel, and speak to this generation. The glory is here. God bless you. Give the Lord praise, everybody.